On 1116 SEM, the Four Diego's. Opportunity for Borello coming into the area. He's taken down and penalty has been awarded. McLaren for Brisbane Raw scores. The visitors are ahead on 33 minutes. Melbourne City nil, Brisbane Raw one. Danger here as Arana spins away beautifully. He's running towards the attacking D inside the area. McLaren to finish to make a two and he does. Bruce Kamau out there towards the byline he'll run here at Corey Brown what's he got on off he just wants it inside the six-yard box it comes back to Caceres comes back to command now he will shoot and score they do get one back Fitzgerald on the left running at the youngster Ingham still he comes forward Nick Fitzgerald towards oh, the oh, byline. Oh, oh, he oh. goes down and he holds another penalty and this time City on the right side of the decision Ingham can't believe it and it will be a chance to level up. Nicholas Colazzo scores, and it's 2-2. Game on. G'day, everyone, and welcome to the Four Diego's here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. It is the final whistle. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you. And the voices you just heard were Francis Leach, Grant Brebner, and Jonathan Howcroft. Another fantastic call to the guys of the Melbourne City and Brisbane Raw game. It ended up 2 all. Uh, a little bit nervous were some of us in the studio uh, at about the uh, you know halfway through the second half, but uh, it all came good for uh, Melbourne City. Vinny Venezuela, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Rodrigo. Great to be here. Hi, everyone. Yeah, good to see you. And Warren, you're here and you're happier. Yep. Yeah, no. Good. No, I'm not. No, okay. it's the two wrongs don't make a right hotline. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Did you say that earlier? But anyway, what, Carlos, welcome to you. Good evening, boys. Uh, and good oh, evening yeah, to our Melbourne City go. fans driving home. I wonder how they're feeling tonight. Well, I think they'd be happy. Tell us yeah. how we should be feeling, Carlos. Um, I don't know. I, it, for me, the game was a winner tonight. Oh. So uh, Encouraged. Like, they should be feeling encouraged. I don't know if they should be feeling encouraged. They should, tonight, Carlos. Tonight it was, you know, the kids that came in for City, they deserve applause for what they did. Uh, but really, tonight wasn't about the players tonight. The, the reason why this Melbourne City team did not win the game tonight wasn't about how they performed tonight. It was about... The re- it was about those players who weren't playing tonight. But Carlos... And the reason why they weren't playing, because some uh, accumulated all those yellow cards for tackles. And I don't mind that. But when you accumulate yellow cards for chatting uh, or abusive language, mm. for me... That's one it, of Warren's pet hates. That was two points, Warren, that was given away tonight. Not because of the performance. No, I'm not, not surprised, because, Carlos, you're talking Melbourne City down. No, you because do, You of, do most weeks. No, because of the players who let the team down tonight just through accumulating yellow cards over the journey for back-chatting. You know what? You can't argue with that. But you're Carlos, right. You can't argue with their discipline record. But but I'm not surprised you're talking City down because you do every game they play. Did, didn't I just every say game. that the kids did a wonderful yes, but, job tonight? But Carlos, from no, those, you didn't say that. From you those, said they were okay. Well, they were good. I'm not going to patronise people out there. They were good tonight, the kids. But, Carlos, from those centre-back lips on Wednesday, you said that they weren't even going to win. <laughs> they, they didn't win, did they? But they didn't lose. But you, they didn't no, win. You said you they'd expect lose. them to win. But I said, you I, did not I, expect I, them to win, Carlos. In fact, I said three times they were never going to win tonight, and they didn't. Really? So they took a point. 
No, they no, didn't win. We, we, no one expected them to win tonight. I no said one three them. times very clearly they weren't going to win and they didn't win. You know what, Warren? Yes, I wanted them to win tonight. <laughs> semantics, Carlos. Semantics. Not winning really means losing. It doesn't mean drawing. Tonight's show is brought to you by Tax Talk, Best on Plumbing, and the Northern Football Academy at St Monica's College in Epping. And hey, by the way, uh, if you call in tonight, uh, you are in for a big show mm. of winning. Uh, Thanks to Community and Business for the FFE, two or one, one of you will, will give you one season pass to all the matches in Victoria. And um, it's all MPL matches, um, including the final series and including the preliminary rounds of the FFA Cup. So give us a call, 94291116. Vinny Venezuela, what is the hotline tonight? It is the Comeback Kids hotline. Because two wrongs don't it, make a right hotline. I think there was a kid from year nine, there was a kid from year 10, <laughs> there was a kid from year 12. <laughs> They're all in there, yep. doing what they had to do. Mm. Shop window, nothing to lose, bring it back home. Let's take a point into the dressing rooms. Come back, kids, hotline. 94291116. Give us a call. What did you think about Melbourne City's performance tonight? What did you think about the young players tonight? Um, you're going to talk about the referee. We know that uh, because there were some contentious decisions and non-decisions in that game tonight. But, uh, you know, we um, we won't talk about it. It was, of course, too We won't tonight. talk about it. Oh, we will talk about it. Of course we will. I was being a bit facetious there, uh, young Warren. But anyway, um, give us a call, 94291116, or send us a text message on 0433981116. So it was 2-0 at half time, of course, and uh, Brisbane Raw looked uh, looked like they were going to win this game. But in the end, it was it was 2-all at Amy Park tonight. McLaren scored a, a double in the first half in the 34th minute with a penalty, and the 46th minute, Kamau in the 58th, and Colazzo in the 61st minute with a penalty. Um, still still counting the crowd at the moment, so we're <laughs> not 100% sure on the crowd. So, Warren, what do you think? Do you, you're, you, you're happy. You've yeah, got to be, you've look, got to be think, happy. I'm happy I don't like, for them. <laughs> look, I think, to me, there's a couple of components to this. I think what Carlos has said about the disciplinary record and the players that didn't play, I mean, that's come to a head over the last couple of weeks, and I think it has come to a head. Now, tonight, for me... It was going to go one or two ways. They were either going to fall away and not present and not be at least competitive. And, and if they fell away to a whimper Melbourne City tonight, I reckon in terms of their competitiveness for the rest of the season, it was pretty much almost over. But tonight's performance at least gives them a starting point to move forward. When those guys come back, let's face it, they've got a really hard game next week. They go to Wellington. They haven't been good away from home, particularly in New Zealand. Those guys that come back next week, and who knows whether all of them come back because not all were suspended tonight. Jakobsen was injured. Franich was was injured, and they both said that they are likely to play next week. Brandan, you know, Fauna Rowley, Kale, Bratton, you would expect all of those guys to come back. But they have to come back with a different attitude. They have to come back understanding that the guys who put in the, the performance tonight, at 2-0 down, rightly or wrongly, they could have just fallen away and it could have been a, an easy 2-0 win or a 3-0 win. And no one would have actually said anything. Everyone would have said, oh, they had all these players out. It was to be expected. To fight back, I think, gives them a foothold for the rest of the season. And really, it's up now to the stars of the show to come back, not with a clean slate, because they've only got, what, Two more yellow cards. So if the disciplinary record stays the same, you could have three or four players out in two or three weeks and you get back to the spot. So I think it's starting point. A point's a good result tonight, but I want to see what the reaction is going forward. I don't mind players getting yellow cards, uh, especially from the way Hart City used to play, 
where they used to be lame and just brittle and fall apart under just just a little bit of pressure, they'd fall away. I've got no problem with them getting yellow cards now because at least the culture's changed into a more competitive, must-win type culture, right? But when they start getting yellow cards for you know, back chat to the referee, abusing referees, getting red cards for refer- you know, for that sort of stuff. For me, you know, there's just no excuse for that. No, the there top isn't. footballers in the world... Well, one uh, got a yellow yeah. card for not being even on the field last week. Well, I mean, a ridiculous. Red card. A red card. A red card, sorry. You know, and, and, and a guy should have known better. You know, and this is the thing, like, there's something going on at Melbourne City, whether you like it or not, Warren, because we even saw it with some of the kids tonight. You know, they, they gave away a free kick. It might have been a dubious free kick, but they were in the face of the referee. But you know what, Carlos? What My, you're saying is they've overreacted from being soft to wanting to be... There's been an overreaction in terms of the mentality. They've got to refine it. Yeah, but, Simple. But every professional footballer... I mean, don't you think someone like a Messi who gets kicked every week has got a right, when he gets a free kick, to go in the face of the referee and rip his head off? Because he's not getting free kicks all the you time. You know as well as I do. Well, he doesn't do it. Ronaldo gets kicked all the time. Surrounding what? referees is, is it's it's part, and it's not a good part, but it is it is a part of the culture of the game. And let's it's face not part it, part of the culture I, of the game. I don't agree. It's with part me. of the culture of some. It's clubs. not part of the culture. It's some part players. of the, some clubs, some players. But in the end, you're isol- You're not isolating. You're focusing on Melbourne City's disciplinary record. For me, record. no other... Melbourne City hasn't had an assistant no coach other, that's been sent to the, no the stands all season. <laughs> I mean, Hang on, are we talking about Melbourne victory or Melbourne City? No, we're Melbourne talking City about discipline. Play, Melbourne City happened to have played tonight. We're talking about discipline. Okay, and I don't remember... I don't, it doesn't come to my mind any other team that gets in the face of the referee and gets yellow cards for it because there's a smart way of doing that too, by the way. Other teams, if you think that they do that, don't get yellow cards. Why? Because they don't go the extra mile. True. And, and what You're we right. get with City is that they go over the top. And really, this is something that should it, be addressed from way back. I mean, this is a coaching issue. This is a leadership issue in that team. It's not a coaching Ca- issue. It's a, lead, it's a player-driven leadership thing. It's a thing. coaching issue. It shouldn't be a why, coaching why does thing. It, why doesn't it happen at Melbourne Victory? I think we've just invented... <laughs> it, uh, players, uh, don't get in the fa- players don't get in the face uh, of the referee. No, it's not part of Melbourne Victory's persona no, to get in Kevin in, Musket. No, it's not. Kevin You're Musket right. gets in the face of the fourth official, right? John Paul DiMarini gets sent off. <laughs> That's uh, no That's question not part about of Mel- that. It's not part but, of the culture of Melbourne players, Victory. But the players themselves... Aren't as bad as Melbourne City. We, uh, I think we this just year. I think um, well, we're talking about this. Well, how many years do you have to go back? Well, it's half a season. Because when Kevin Musker was playing, victory were the worst team at it. When Kevin Musker was playing, that was five, six years ago. It's do you want me to go back season. that far? It's one season. Eighteen games out of twenty-eight, and they've got the worst record at the moment. You're right. You can't argue. They've got the most yellow cards in the competition. You can't argue. But it's not a cultural thing. But it's not a matter it of yellow cards, changed. Warren. It's how they're getting them. It's, it's that well, I'd be interested chat. to see your statistics on the breakdown of yellow cards, whether they've been fouls or back chatting. I'd really like it because well, I reckon it's been more fouls than it has been yellows for back chatting because they've been over they've been over aggressive in the tackle, and that's part of trying to change the culture of the club. Jean yeah. Rue got a yellow card for dissent yeah. today. I mean, what, what's kitty? I'd what, like to see the breakdown between fouls. But what actually happens too is someone like a Brand Dan, right, who complains every time he goes down, then he doesn't get a free kick. It's what they say that might not lead to a yellow card, but might 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 lead to the fact that they get a yellow uh, a free kick down I'm the track. I'm not surprised you're talking the performance down tonight and focusing on other things. I, 
I'm certainly not doing that. I, I started off saying that they were very good tonight. Look, you if you've just okay. joined us, Melbourne City and Brisbane Raw played a out a two-all draw tonight. It was a it was a good game to watch. McLaren scoring twice in the first half. Kamau and Colazzo then um, equalising the game in the second half for Melbourne City at Amy Park tonight. Hey, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Give us a call uh, if you agree with what uh, what the guys are saying tonight about. Um, you know, I haven't even started teams getting yet. teams getting in the face of the ref and uh, and whatnot. But let's go to Michaela on the road. I wants to talk about the game tonight. G'day, Michaela, and welcome to the final whistle. Um, hi. Um, I thought that tonight was like I think it was well worked by Melbourne City, even though they did get a lot of yellow cards. And despite the fact that lots of their players weren't playing, I was I was quite happy with the outcome. Yeah, it was a very good uh, result, all things considered. Yeah. Who did you like the most on the pitch today for City? Um, Nick Fitzgerald. <laughs> and you know, Michaela, I'm glad you mentioned Nick Fitzgerald because to me... You don't rate him, do you? No, no. You see, don't. You don't rate Nick Fitzgerald. I, don't, I haven't rated his season. Yeah. And... He's been he's underperformed through lack of opportunity, but I would have thought that Nick Fitzgerald at his best would be getting regular football. I mean, he came to Melbourne City with a big reputation. He'd he'd been overseas and was loaned back, and I think he's got good skill. But for for twenty minutes tonight, while I was on the road listening on SEN, he was absolutely ripping it up. And but he doesn't he's not consistent enough. Now, for me, it's going to be really interesting next week. Is it as simple as just replacing the guys that played tonight with the guys who were suspended and couldn't play? Like, for instance, and thanks, Michaela, for the call, Bruce Kamau played really well tonight, I thought, because he was given an opportunity. He knew that he was going to play the whole... He's in the team. No, no, but he hasn't hasn't really kept his spot, and he's been often, often replaced. Often replaced. But that could be because he's deemed as one of these guys that can't finish 90 minutes. But he starts most games. Those kids tonight were fill-ins. All of them. They're just fill-ins. No, but Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald, Caceres. Okay, they won't start next week if all the boys are available. The the one that shouldn't be a fill-in, though, is Tonyuk. They should be starting with him. I agree with you, Vinny. I don't know why they don't play with him. In that back four, mm. because if you're going to invest in a young kid uh, for you know for the future, he's the one who stands up. He was brilliant. His his composure was brilliant tonight. I don't think he made a mistake mm. tonight. I thought he was he's fantastic. very good with his, the ball at his feet. He's oh. not. He's prepared to to dribble forward and make a pass. So yeah, no, he's very good. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. We'd love to hear from you tonight. Um, let's go to Snapper, who's called in. Wasn't first tonight. Snapper, welcome to the show. <laughs> Good evening, gents. How are we going? Yeah, very well, Snapper. What do you think of tonight's game? Um, look, I said last week that I wouldn't go, but, um, <laughs> you know, obviously passion, you know, takes over the uh, the human brain and, you know, came to my senses that I had to go. And look, I'm, I mean, let, let's be honest. First penalty, I, honestly, let's just say that the ref, um, he, he must be related to Chris B because that was disgusting. <laughs> but, but we got revenge back on Brisbane. Um, look, considering the team that we had tonight... We've done, a, we've done pretty well. I put that down as a win, not a draw, because let's be honest, we missed seven of our starting 11 players. Brisbane, oh, fair enough, they went to you know um, Asia and had to come back with a short day notice. But, I mean, um, I, I can't fault the performance. And, you know, a draw is satisfying. It just goes to show that our depth is there when we need it. 
I think uh, the most satisfying thing about your draw is the fact that you guys came back from two zip down. That would be really heartening for the for the whole squad, I reckon. Yeah, well, hang on, boy. Oh, the boys here are celebrating like we've won. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, can you, are you able to repeat that question? No, I'm just saying the fact that you guys came back from two zip down is going to be really cool. Oh, of course. And I mean, you know, two zip down, we were gone. Um, you know, but I think I think the players were actually had to be a fire in their belly considering that they knew that the first goal shouldn't have shouldn't have even had have happened. It wasn't a penalty. We deserved to get a penalty in that first half as well. I think the players lifted. They knew that we could get Brisbane, and we did tonight. And I mean, um, you know, Brisbane did everything. I mean, they, they stuffed it up for themselves, going down with an injury, and you know, just just faking it, time wasting. They got no one else to blame but themselves for that result, and we'll take it. Bring on Wellington next week. We'll have a full squad to pick from. And I mean, tonight, um, once again, I, you know, the refereeing, I had an FFA um, commissioner sit in front of me tonight and he copped a mouthful and, you know, and a lot of members that were sitting around me were giving him a mouthful, just letting him know that, that how the member, how, how the people, the public felt about tonight's game, that the A-League is going down by the week with decisions like that. And really, that these referees, we need full-time refs, not part-time, not full-time refs to know the rules and to make the correct calls week in, week out. But Snap, but that didn't cost you the game tonight, the refereeing, because you got one, in, you, you got a square up too. So that that part of it, it, the incompetence is across the board. And in this case, I don't think it it uh, it actually uh, determined whether you won or lost the game tonight. The kids were fantastic tonight. Okay, I've got to give them all the credit in the world because I thought they were terrific. I thought they died down as the game wore on because Brisbane are a very good side, but they didn't. They, they stuck at it. To come back from 2-0 down was terrific. It's great for their own development. But those kids were just fill-ins tonight. When the boys are back next week, they'll all be in there. And, uh, and so in that respect, the guys did their job. And they didn't lose the game, which was really important. And the other thing, Snapper, I'm as critical of refereeing as I as anybody. But I watch enough Premier League for 10 men. And if you think full-time refereeing is a panacea to poor decision-making, it's just not. I mean, it's the nature of the game. It's the, it's the ability of the individual to make decisions under pressure. I think there's something around the technology that either assist, the how it can assist referees going forward. But just simply saying that full-time referees is a panacea for poor decision-making is not... And Chris Beath's a full-time referee. And he's getting Asian Champions League games. He's been Alan on Alan Milliner Cup. tonight. Chris Beath didn't make any. No, no. Chris Beath was okay no, last week. What I'm saying. Through the scrutiny of the week, he made the right decision last week. What, Tonight's decisions were poor. What I'm saying is that full-time referees aren't a panacea to poor decision-making. Of They're course just not. not. But what do you refer to Chris Beath for? Tonight was the issue. Not last week. I think it's pretty clear last week's decisions were right. They were right. I, did, I only mentioned Chris Beath's name yes. as an example of a well, full-time he wasn't refere- referee. He wasn't refereeing tonight. No, I know. Alan, Alan Milliner was. was re- re- yeah, and he made tonight. enough mistakes for four full-time okay, well, that's referees. Abs- <laughs> that, abs- let's, let's concentrate on what, what, who was refereeing I tonight. I think I was just saying that full-time referees, Carlos, yes, but you mentioned aren't Chris Beath. Because he's a full-time referee, yes. one of only three. Who didn't make a mistake last week. Well, he made a few mistakes well, last he week. D- he just didn't, he didn't make the mistake with the last goal. Thanks for your call, he Snapper. Called, yes, a bit of conjecture as to whether you actually went to the game or not, given that you're in Port Phillip Bay already. <laughs> anyway. No, it's not far. Just off the text, uh, 9429 Give us a call. G'day, g'day, Sebastian from Reservoir, and welcome to the show. Hello. Hey, Sebastian. What's going on? Uh, 
just like to complain about the referee. Oh, right. Yeah, we'll take it up with... Um, <laughs> well, you, you've come to the right place anyway. Just careful yep. what you say, Sebastian. You'll get a yellow card. <laughs> uh-huh. They gave too many um, away tonight. And the penalties... Uh, I go for Melbourne City, but neither should have been a penalty. Yep. They, they stuffed up the game. And well, they're, just, they're getting worse. Well, Sebastian, I don't know whether they... I mean, I think if the mistakes are evenly distributed amongst both teams, they don't <laughs> technically stuff up the game. But look, two penalties were probably not there. The penalty not given in the first half because of the, with the, a push in the back that would have led to a would have led to a goal and a 50-metre penalty in any other sport that I know. That was disappointing. Uh, look, the thing that I will say, and I hate agreeing with Carlos, the penalties are at the discretion of the referee. And sometimes they get them right, sometimes they get them wrong. Was the was the Fitzgerald one a penalty? It probably was, wasn't was a penalty because the first initial tug of the jumper was outside the box. But was it a foul? It should have been a free kick. He gave a penalty. I don't know whether it was misjudgment. To me... Um, the offsides are the thing that is driving me insane, and a lack of consistency but if they're, around if they're that. Close though, yeah, no, you can't. But you can't I agree with that, Carlos. I agree with that, Carlos. But it's not consistently interpreted that the benefit of the doubt goes to the attacking team. Fornaroli was determined offside last week, and it was almost a carbon copy of tonight. Now, in all honesty, I just simply say both stand, and you know what the score would have been last week? It would have been two-two. Yeah, but. They're the, they're, it's the issues like, you know, you concentrate on these things that, with the human eye, I mean, we've got the benefit of, of refereeing. We'll have... Uh, but the, they made a decision. Yeah, but what I'm saying to you is, if, you know, a referee's got to make a split decision with those really close no, sides. They do. With the really close ones, they just call play on. That's uh, the decision. Well... That's no, the decision, no, well, play I mean, on. That, that, I don't have a gripe against referees Who make, with that. I have a gripe against referees. Alan Milliner on that first penalty he tonight. Guessed. He was closer to any to closer to those two players than anyone in the world. There was no one in the world, even players on the field, who were closer <laughs> than Alan Milliner. He was the closest. And really, it was a disgraceful decision. So it is was, he guessing well, or he believes? It's like he expected contact and he blew the whistle anticipating contact. He breathed on him, basically. Well, yeah, you've got to wait. <laughs> Please. Lack of confidence. You, you gotta got wait for the contact contact to happen for mm. you to make the decision. It's like he was he, it it was almost like he needed to blow his whistle because he needed to make a decision. And I just thought to myself, you know, he, he couldn't have, he was in all credit to him, he was in the right position for it. He just gave a really bad decision. <laughs> he'll, get a, he'll get a tick for that. <laughs> no, no. So his fitness is really good, his position's really good. He just tick, just, tick. Yeah, just make the bloody right decision. Ah, oh, cross. Yeah, it was awful. It was awful. Do, do think, we dock him? Do you get docked? Do, I don't know. You think was, you'll be getting a text me, message from your town yeah, hall yeah. meeting tonight, Carlos? So I, you know, I, I'm trying to be as fair as I can to referees, but you can't excuse that decision. It was just awful. And the Nick Fitzgerald one? It was a bad decision too, but there was a tug of the shirt outside just the box. Outside, I should, yeah, it should never, mm. ever been a penalty, but it should have been a free and kick. And the push from Corey Brown. I, I thought that was a penalty too. Yeah, But it wasn't as clear as that first one on Borello. Yeah, I didn't rate the push. Hey, thanks for your call, Sebastian. Really appreciate that. Let's go to Tom in Greensboro. G'day, Tom. Welcome to the final whistle. Thanks, guys. Just uh, want to say how good it was to see Sorensen back between yes. the sticks. I thought he was great tonight. I have him, what, 16, 17, 18 weeks out, whatever it is. So good to see a good professional keeper in goals. Yeah, the only thing, Tom, his distribution is that yeah. of a, a goalkeeper in the 80s. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, look... 
Oh, he's oh. not. A, he's not a modern. He's no, not he's a not. modern keeper at all. But he was terrific with the young kids. He's probably better with the young kids today, tonight, than what. Bazanis would have been. Does make himself big, though. He does yes. that very, very well. And the matching gloves and shoes, I thought, were just fantastic. <laughs> and credit, and credit, Melbourne City didn't try to play any different with Sorensen. He was put under pressure. I've always thought that his shot stopping was as good as Bazanis, but his distribution, particularly the way Melbourne City want to play, where they have the two fullbacks next to the penalty box and they want to play outsidewards, drag teams up and create space in and around and behind, yeah, he's just not as good. But I think he's really good as a leader. You know, speaks well, commands his spot well. Did you nearly have a heart attack when he came off his line a la Wellington at the start of the year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was it was almost just half. a carbon was, copy. I thought, was. please keep your hands away. But he did well there. Tom, you there? Yeah, mate. Do you, do you think he stays in for the rest of the year now? Do you think he's, uh, you know, it's his position to lose? I'd rather have a good keeper than a good distributor of the ball in between my goals. I'll tell you that much. So, yeah, I can't see him losing his spot now. You know what I like about Sorensen too? He's, he carries himself like a professional player, and given the, the, the difficulties City's had in yep. terms of mouthing off and, and bizarreness and, and sort of the, the, the brain brain explosion he had, I think Sorensen maybe adds a little bit of poise to that, that, that defence. I think that's a good point. I think that's a really good point, Vinny, because I think he he... He's demanding of his team in the right way and wants them to play in the right way. So I think that's a really good point. Thanks for your call, Tom. It's 26 past 10. Now give me a beat. Vinny's Best on Ground. With thanks to Best on Plumbing, their Victoria's trusted plumbing and drainage experts for over 26 years. If you've got some plumbing work, give Best on a call at 1300 Best on or check them out at beston.net.au. Vinny, who was Best on? My Best on player is Bruce Kamau. I okay. thought that he um, he gave 100% tonight. I think he kept, I think the, the Brown Kamau sort of uh, sort of competitive thing tonight was really good, but I thought Kamau gave 100%, scored a goal, and he turned up, and, and City needed the young boys to turn up, and so I, I'm giving my, my best on to Brucey Kamau. There you go, Vinny Venezuela's Brucey Kamau. Do you agree with Vinny? Who's your best on? Give us a call tonight, 9429-1116, on a night where Melbourne City came back from 2-0 down at half time to draw with Brisbane Raw. Two all, McLaren scored twice in the first half for, for Brisbane, and then Kamau and Colazzo scoring in the second half at Amy Park tonight in front of Warren. What was the crowd? You heard something... Uh, seven to eight thousand. Seven, seven to eight thousand, obviously imprecise as <laughs> Let's well, take a break. It's pretty hard to count <laughs> come that back many more. that quickly. Hey, by the way, I've still got uh, two passes, two, NS, two <laughs> NSL, two um, <laughs> NPL uh, season passes with thanks to Football Federation Victoria's Community and Business. So give us a call, 9429-1116. This is the Four Diego's final whistle on 11.16 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Thanks for your company on this disco version of the Four Diego's here tonight on 11.16 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Give us a call, 9429 11.16, or send us a text on 0433981116. Shane in Craigieburn, I think my SEN app is broken, keeps repeating the same episode for the last six months. <laughs> City not winning and all their supporters blaming the referees. Shane in Craigieburn, there you go. <laughs> Boo-hoo, Warren. Tissue. Um, Warren, wrong decisions are just that. They affect the game wrong. Uh, feels a lot safer down back with Sorensen in goal. There you go. Yep. And uh, Peter in Cheltenham. Soft pen for the raw. Any danger um, for the non and fence-sitting Diego's uh, to give City some credit. That's, uh, you, and Carl, that's you and Carlos, I, I Rodrigo. Think, I, think, I think I said a number of times today, tonight, that the kids were really, really good. But unfortunately... 
that was two points thrown away for that club tonight. That's what I felt. Yeah, no, I know you felt that, and we, I get, I get why because they should have had their proper squad showing up. So you can only do what you can with what you've got on the day. So, exactly right. So those boys did yeah. what they needed so to do tonight. They did. They did well. But they won't be the boys that will no. influence the rest, impact the rest of the no. season. It'll be the guys that will come back in, and hopefully, if they've lear- if these boys have learned something and and actually got something from what these kids did tonight, they will go on and actually win more than they lose, and actually. Maybe impact the finals. But John Aloisi would be spewing a little bit because, let's face it, he given the, the people that Melbourne City didn't have playing, he would have been a little bit, you know, confident or, I don't know, looking forward to maybe taking three points away. Particularly and, when you turn them up at halftime. Yeah, they probably yeah, but, had the opportunities to go 3-1. And Sorensen kept them out of trouble. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I, I, could, I reckon John Aloisi is mature enough as a coach and the A-League is at such a standard that you can't, say any game you play is one is a gimme at all. And for him to firstly play Sydney last week and should have beaten them and they played really well, then get on a plane to China, beat Shanghai Shenhua when they were completely... Comprehensively yeah, too. And, and comprehensively. And they had some of their boys who played full games for both those games. Mackay, and again And, and Borello, Borello. And played again tonight. I think for him to say, and at the end he said how fantastic he thought the boys were, I think not losing tonight was a win for them, to tell you the truth. After the travel they've done and what they've had to go through, um, and they brought some kids in tonight too. Mm. Ingham, you know, Joy Ingham's brother was uh, yep. playing it right back, and they had a couple of other kids come on too. So um, I think it, it was a good result for both teams tonight, but I just can't keep away from the fact that City. Uh, those those senior players are let them let that let that club down. Well, yeah, look, I agree with you. Sorry, Rodrigo. I still think it was a better result for City than it was for Raw because I mm. think City yeah. had had more to lose, could yeah, have lost. Given given yeah. the players, yeah, the kids, you're, yeah. you're coming at it from a from a you know this club would have really been extremely happy with this decision years ago or last year. But the fact now they've got yeah. you know they've got a, a big squad. Um, they in a way they have let themselves down. But on the on the evidence tonight. You do have to say that this, you know, there'll be full of positivity in that change room tonight yeah, because yeah. the young players. Um, we'll talk about some of the young players individually a little bit later on when we get through some of these calls. But, um, but yeah, look from from my perspective, I I, I was hoping the, the guys won because I thought they put in a really good effort tonight, and and I, you know, just for the young blokes and to show the older players yeah. um, a little bit that uh, you know, with a little bit of um, focus and effort and um, discipline. You can win games of football. But and and, and, and don't, don't forget, Brisbane went to China midweek as well. That's right. So they were there for the picking a little but, bit. But I didn't think City were the better side tonight. I thought it was a pretty even battle. I think 2 all was a good result. Yeah, I, thought, I think it was a pretty even battle. Yeah. Um, so I thought Brisbane probably created... Uh, I mean, uh, you know, what Sorensen had more saves than... Yeah, no, he had a couple of really big but, saves to make yeah, in the second that's half. That's what I'm saying. So I, by way of chances, even though I felt... Both sides were pretty equal across the 90 minutes. By way of chances, Brisbane probably had the better chances. So, But the kids were terrific. I, I, I expected them to fall away. Being 2-0 down and, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and having a team full of kids, I thought this could be 4-0 now because they'll drop away. And, and But they, for them to hang in there and do what they did and be as combative as they were, I thought it was terrific. Look, I think in the first 20 minutes, City did really well and they got themselves forward and... Um from from their wing play were putting the ball into the box, but there just wasn't someone there in the position to, to finish it properly. So I thought they were very encouraging to start with. And then I think Raw got back into the game, and I think Holman had a really good game for Raw as well, setting stuff up, as well as Maddie McKay. 
9429-1116. Give us a call on the... What is the hotline, Vinny? It's the Comeback Kids hotline, uh, Rodrigo. Two wrongs, two wrongs don't make a right. right. It hotline. can be anything you like it tonight, really, um, by that, Warren. But 9429-1116. Let's go to Joseph in South Moran. G'day, Joseph, and thanks for holding, and welcome to the final whistle. I was at the game tonight. I thought uh, Fitzgerald played a beautiful game. But Kilkenny just controlled the back line, and uh, he deserved men of the match. And I was wondering why they don't play him there anymore, uh, play him there most of their games. And also they should give Daniel Anzani more game time because when he uh, got the ball, he looked excited and played the game beautifully. Yeah, I think Nick Fitzgerald is a player that has got lots of upside. He just doesn't seem he, to deliver. Like cons- he doesn't yeah. deliver consistency you don't like Nick enough. Nick. Just say it. Off the air you say you don't <laughs> like trying him. trying to be positive, Carlos. <laughs> a bit of feedback. I'm just trying to be a bit positive, you know. Um, with regards to Kilkenny, I will say of all the players that have transversed the globe in many years of the Diego's where we used to get that over. Carlos used to send us this overseas rap and we used to see where players were playing and Neil Kilkenny had basically played in the lower divisions of England for a really, really long period of time and really was anonymous as far as soccer fans in Australia were concerned. For him to come back and for him to play here, he's a, He's a really good player. I'm not sure what his best position is. He's played as part of a back three or a back four. He drops back. I think he's good on the ball. I think he's pretty creative. I'd like to see him play in the middle a little bit more forward, but he tends to play defensively. But I really like him. And look, in terms of discipline, if you're going to be critical, he's the first guy that went down with, Ill discipline and getting red and getting yellow cards. He was the first of the He's of the eight. yeah. He was the first of the Melbourne City players to really get on that role and did it quick more quickly than the other guys did. But I think he's been a little bit Got better. Him out of his system, Warren. Yeah, he did. I think he's been a little <laughs> now bit now better. Now he just yells at his teammates. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But, but you know what his behaviour. And but he's a great player. I like him. I think he's been a really important in the city this year, and uh, and he he has been playing basically that defensive midfield role. And then when they play with a back four, he'll he'll slot back in there. Uh, but when they play with a back three, he'll just join in with the midfield. But it's his you know, continual complaining to the referee that really does brush off drop brush off on the on the kids. John Rue, a guy who's just mm. he's still in nappies. They brought him in tonight. He's just a, 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 He's going a right, pitching so. off the bit. As soon as he gets a free kick against, he starts yelling at the referee. I mean, what, that doesn't come from the kid. No, that's role That modeling. comes from everyone else yep. around the place. So it's not that he was getting yellow cards tonight. It's just how it rubs off on the all pressure. the younger guys. It's the yeah. pressure, Carlos. The pressure coming from head office, maybe. Well, <laughs> the, but also, Kilkenny does uh, expect a lot of his own teammates. Does. When things don't... When they don't deliver, they make the runs. He makes sure he lets them know, and he doesn't try and hide it either. And I think that's where the kids sort of watch him and they emulate him. Thanks for your call, Joseph. I really appreciate that. Let's go to Kale in Doncaster. G'day, Kale, and welcome to the final whistle. G'day, boys. How are we? Yeah, very well, Kale. Um, just wanted to see what you guys sort of thought. Look, I've been a member since the very, very start when uh, Melbourne Hart come in. Go to pretty much every match that obviously we play here in Melbourne. Looking at the sort of lineup that we've had this year with the older and experienced players and then watching tonight with the younger players being at the game, do you reckon there's anyone that you saw tonight that could really push to stay in the squad? Like watching Fitzgerald and um, Caceres, I was really impressed with their games tonight. And the young right back as well. I know that Franich is probably going to play there 
when he comes back and he's fit. So I just wanted to see what you guys sort of thought from the younger players and, you know, if what you guys were thinking, if they could maybe make an impression to stay in the team and actually give us a bit more youth rather than sort of the older heads. Oh, look, Kyle, I, I think personally, look, to be fair, to be honest, uh, the only one that I'd keep in that squad and I can't understand why they haven't been playing him more regularly is Tonyik. He's a guy that's up there. He's never let the team down since he's been there for some inexplicable reason. As soon as Valkanis comes in, he gets dropped to the bench in place of uh, He should be, be told by Pep himself to play him. <laughs> well, anyway, I th- but all the other kids are just great potential. But they're not ready. No, and Melbourne, By the way, because they've got better players who are out at the moment. Melbourne City aren't going to be a team that are going to gift young kids a game the way they are now. They're going to go with an experienced team that they believe is competitive enough to win titles. If guys come through, they'll take them through their system. But I think Tongik is an example of the fact that if a guy is young, they won't be scared to play him, but he no. has to be the best player in that position. And mm. we're talking about the likes of, uh, you know, Bratton wasn't playing tonight. Mm. Kale wasn't playing tonight. Brandan wasn't playing tonight. Fauna Riley, Malik. The only one is, I think, Tonyik instead of Malik, but none of those kids could replace those other guys. No, no. You know, as much as I love those kids, they did really well, but yeah, really, they, you know, people are deluding themselves if they think that they, you can replace what's out with uh, oh, these that's guys. Why, and that's why yeah. they'll be celebrating this, this yeah. result tonight, because those kids have replaced some stars. Yeah. Hey, Kale, are you still there? Yeah, mate, yep. Mate, with thanks to Football Federation's Community in Business, we're giving you one season pass to... Um, all the matches in Victoria. That's all MPL matches, including the final series, the preliminary rounds of the FFA Cup, plus more. So one season pass, with thanks to Football Federation, Victoria's Community and Business, we'll get you in. So, mate, stay on the line and we'll get down all your details and um, we'll be in contact. Thank you very much. No worries, Kyle. Well done. Good call. If, if you love football and you love business, then Community and Business is right for you. You can start this year um, by becoming a member of Community and Business, uh, which provides exclusive membership benefits program, multiple connectivity channels and fantastic networking opportunities for like-minded people uh, to do business and share a passion for our beautiful game. We go to a lot of the functions and we're uh, part of Community and Business, so we think you should too. It's a great opportunity. Go to communityandbusiness.com.au or contact Anthony Grimmer uh, from FFE and he'll look after you. That's communityandbusiness.com.au. In saying about the young players, though, Carlos, that's the other part of the city system, isn't it? It's about bringing in the young talent and looking to fast-track them for the potential for them to play, not only in Melbourne, but the one or two that might end up coming through the system and going through. So I think you'll find that Melbourne City are always going to be a team that's going to promote youth when possible because that's part of what they're trying to achieve with you know, the academy and the youth set up and everything like that. Yeah, it's unplanned to be able to bring them on in, you know, in, in, a, in a big amount, a number of uh, the players tonight, the way they did, uh, I suppose that's just you can't you, know, can't, le- you yeah. can't legislate for that. But uh, but the, when they do bring them on, every one of them, Azani, I think Tonyik, uh, Jean Roux, you know, mm. when they've brought them Curious on, was yeah, they've been they've time. been quality. Yeah. So they do have a good a good uh, you know uh, array of young kids coming in there, especially in the lower levels in the in the youth team and training with the first team. Jim from Hawthorne has called in. G'day, Jim, and welcome to the final whistle. Good evening, Diego. How are you going, boys? Yeah, very well. Thank oh, you. Jim, I love you. 
I love your voice. <laughs> I don't love you personally. Don't get, a, don't get all sort of... Nothing wrong with that, Vinny. Yeah, there's love. Yeah, it's all right, Vinny. Uh, just keep back to going down, down, down and down, mate. Don't worry about that. Yeah, uh, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, my, my brother, Natalie, is listening now. He'll be saying to himself, not again. Not he's, he's a victor's boy. He's been there since the beginning, but then again, it's not his problem. A victory supporter <laughs> living in Adelaide, Jimmy. What's going on? No, he's not living in Adelaide. He's over there for his anniversary, and he's coming back on Sunday. That's why I can say it, because he won't be able to listen to this programme at the moment. Okay. Right, boys, I'm going to come off a long run here. I hope that the five boys who are out, and, and uh, there's a caveat coming after it, uh, watch and look at what these boys did on the pitch this evening. I, I agree with you. At 2-0 down, I thought, here we go. This could be 5-0 that happened to Western Sydney last night. And then I watched it, and I, I, got, I got emotional with a lot of the fans at thing, and you heard, I don't know what you heard, but it was stand-up, stand-up city. And every member in that stadium tonight stood up because these boys gave it their, their all. It was brilliant to watch. I, and I didn't even realise it was one of the young lads next to me said, oh, number 36, Jim, he said, he's 16 years of age, he's going to turn 17 next week. And I said, who? And I looked and I, I wasn't even, I didn't even know we had them that young mm. on the pitch. And then we went down to the front after the end of the game and uh, he walked past and I shook his hand and I went, He's like my nephew. My nephew's 16, and I thought, <laughs> my God, this bloke is on there. You know, this young fella was, and the bloke was in tears. Yeah, it's he, beautiful. He, it's fantastic. You can see it in his face. Oh, this is great. These supporters, and, and God, thank God for the, the Melbourne City supporters from the start who were there this evening. Well done, boys and girls and kids. It was a brilliant atmosphere. That's fantastic. And it, was, it was absolutely brilliant. And the five that were out, I hope you're watching. And to Tim Cahill, son, do me a favour. You're a brilliant player. But what you did last week was childish. Don't answer back. You, he knew what, when he said it, he was going to get I know they said he was going to give me a yellow card. But everybody around me said, if you abusive swearing at an umpire or an official, it's a red card automatic, it should be. And he's better than that. And to the rest of them in Fodderoli, and then I'll finish off boys and it, it was great this evening but they officialed him I'm sick of it I really am two years ago it was linesman offside it was it was out of order and they sorted them out now we're told that the referees are professional the two penalties were not penalties they were soft absolute soft and it was it's, it's ruining the game boys it's and that even with some of the, the five that are out, a couple of them should only have got to four. It, a team should never have five or six of your frontline players out of it. It's, it's never heard of. It's, we have to get these officials sorted out. It's a bloody disgrace. That bloke that was on tonight, Muffet. He, <laughs> he should be doing schoolboy. Not even them, it would, it would be a disgrace. But tonight for the football, to my, to my team and to Brisbane, and I agree with you. They went to China and all the rest of it. And I thought they were going to die in the, in the, die in the, the second half. But they, they, they brought it to us. But to the boys that were there the night, thank God. And it shows you the depth. Get the, and to the coach that I've got that you've got there at the moment, I've not been too keen the last few games. I've been going, uh, and the boys, are, I'm just, these five that are out have to show some bloody guts in the next four or five games and get us up there because they're not doing it at the moment and they've paid a lot of money. Boys, 
hope you watch tonight because the young fellas that we've got and the depth that we've got in Melbourne City are bloody fantastic and I'm proud of them all. Thank you, boys. Great. Good stuff, Jim. Thanks for your call, mate. As always, um, just a passionate Melbourne City fan, a bit like you, Warren. Um, loves it all. It's uh, 13 minutes to 11. Warren's Football Tax Audit. With thanks to Tax Talk, we love to talk tax. Give them a call on 1300 366 639 and they'll look after all of your tax um, your, your tax returns and all of your tax questions and also some finances. Uh, Dominic's team uh, right on top of the Tax Act. 1300 366 639. That is the act that uh, yes. tax agents um, adhere by, Vinnie Venezuela. Warren, who are you ordering tonight? Oh, um, we've I've got been one minute. thinking deeply. Surprise me, Warren. No, no. Surprise I, me, come on. See, this is the thing, Carlos. I've been trying to think about how to surprise you. But it's nearly Valentine's Day. I don't know. <laughs> For me to surprise you, it would probably need a forensic audit, not just an audit. Look, I've got to audit Alan Milner for the soft refereeing decisions and I'm sorry for that Alan you, you, you're doing your best okay but I don't know if you're four metres away from a decision and you make the wrong one I don't know what sort of career path you're on in terms of the <laughs> profession that you're in so Alan Milner I'm going to audit you I'd love to audit you too Carlos <laughs> just for drivel just for being you can do that do, do that in the ad break yeah. do that in the ad break like so you Alan do. Milner the referee and Carlos and Carlos and I'm sorry. That's All right, uh, that's uh, with thanks to Tax Talk. There's Warren's uh, football audit. Let's take a break now and come back with more of the final whistle and your calls on nine four two nine eleven sixteen. This is the Four Diego's on eleven sixteen SEN, Melbourne's home of football. On eleven sixteen SEN, the Four Diego's. Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, Melbourne City and Brisbane Raw played out a two-all draw. A great comeback uh, from Melbourne City tonight um, after they were 2-0 down at halftime. And McLaren uh, scored twice in the 34th minute with a penalty in the 46th. And then Bruce Kamau scored a lovely goal in the 58th minute. And Colazzo with a 61st minute penalty at Amy Park tonight. Uh, 9429-1116. Love to take your call. Hey, guys, you can't say the penalties were soft. They were either penalties or not penalties. A soft penalty means it's a penalty. Marcus in Aspendale. Spot on, Marcus. Uh, and that first one was a non-existent penalty. Not even soft. It was just non-existent, the first one. The second one... There was a little bit of contact, but it was never a penalty. It was, it, like, if, if the referee had to describe it, he would have described it as soft because he gave it, but it was never a penalty. The that penalty that wasn't given. Yeah, the push <laughs> in the so back. And so it wasn't a penalty. Yeah, the push in the back. was probably Ceres. the clearest penalty. Yeah, tonight. and it was probably the most, you <laughs> know, the, the that. one that had most contact to it. First game we've ever gone to. This is off the SMS on 0433981116. This is our first game ever. Um, Travelled 350 kilometres to get there. Wow. Bought our four young kids. Oh. Disappointed all the big players were out. Was a great result for City, though. The Mayer family. Oh, your Mayer well family. Three, 350 k's. Where's that? Where would that be? Oh, 350 k's. Swan Hill. Mansfield. Uh, uh, Albury. Aubrey Shepherd, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, your mayor family driving back to And you know what, Carlos? They <laughs> deserve they deserve for you, as they're going home, mm. they deserve for you to be a little bit more positive. <laughs> <laughs> About the draw. You know, there's so many aspects of the way that you've commented on the game in, the f- in this first hour Actually, I'll, that's I'll been you, negative. If the mayor family ring, I will be so... I'll, I'll be so... Um, You're so, so chuffed. Yeah, chuffed for the boys. But have we got any more passes? 
Okay, we got one more part. Mayor family, you're driving your ship or you're driving <laughs> to Swan Hill or Albury. <laughs> that could Rios, break them. Carlos. I will not, I will not, I will not only give you, because I'm so excited for the young kiddies tonight. <laughs> I'm so excited about what they did that I will give you a pass to show you how excited Actually, I am. and Carlos will not only give you a pass, Mayor family, when you want to come to a game and watch Port oh. Melbourne, say, play in the MPL, yeah. he'll come and pick you up. <laughs> in That's fact, right. I'll get you in the coach's box. He'll he'll not only you know what? He'll yeah. give you a pass, no, but it, take you to a game, no. he'll drive you there. No, they'll have to get to Ballarat and I'll pick him up from Ballarat. We're, we're going to get 10 calls. Good day, it's Frank Mayer here. Uh, it's John Mayer here. It's... Uh, you know, Claire Mayer here. No, you have to establish you're one of the real family. <laughs> yeah, that's it's, right. It's the one prize that I think they might not want. <laughs> oh, the, Carlos, given all the, the Carlos part of it. Given all the travelling they'd have to do just to get to oh, all those games. True, true, Vinny. Hey, let's go to Luke in Seaford. G'day, Luke, and thanks for holding. Welcome to the final whistle. Thanks, fellas. Thanks for taking the call. No worries. Thanks um, for calling. I'd like to talk about Nicholas Colazzo. I think City, being a City fan, I think he was a, the boom recruit as a replacement for Aaron Moy because he has the skill set. He can play the number 10 role really well. And he's obviously shown this year he's got complete versatility and diversity. He can virtually play anywhere, and he played about four positions tonight. Um, I think we've been hamstrung a little bit this year, even though we've got the big signing of Cahill. We've been playing Cahill in that number 10 role in behind Fornaroli, and I think Cahill's more of an out-and-out striker. And just for the for the sake of it one day, I wouldn't mind seeing Fornaroli and Cahill playing a a dual striker roll up front and Colazzo just, just in behind there, just feeding the ball to him. I think that would be a fantastic setup with Ben Bratton and Kilkenny in behind Colazzo. What are your thoughts on that? Luke, I think for all his technical know-how and everything Carlos that Carlos has, you've actually come across <laughs> the secret point that is the key to Melbourne City. Do you... I'm, I'm going to ask you a question back. So... You would see him playing in that same position that he played when Melbourne City played victory early on in the season, that sort of role? Absolutely, because he, he, he can see it, he can pass it, he can deliver it, and I think that's where the club's been hamstrung because they play that 4-3-3. That I don't think it suits the skill set of the players that we have. I yep. think it's more, more suited to playing two out-and-out strikers who know where the goal is and then sticking a personnel or yeah, just personnel in general behind them who can just feed it to them. Then have your two wingers on the outside. I think we've, we're so um, uh, so adamant on playing the Dutch system with a bit of Spanish flair that it's hamstrung us this year and it's cost us game. Yeah, and no, I think Colazzo's definitely been the player for me that's probably been... He's suffered because of... John Van Skip's lack of respect for fullbacks, first of all, <laughs> and then just injuries and that sort of stuff. So I think you're 100% right. Thanks for your call there, Luke. I really appreciate that. If you're holding, please hold on. We're going to need to take a break and then go uh, to the news after that. But on a night where Melbourne City and Brisbane Raw played out a two-all draw, great comeback uh, by Melbourne City. It was 2-0 at halftime. McLaren scoring the 34th minute with a penalty uh, and then again in the 46th minute. Kamau in the 58th minute and um, Colazzo in the 61st minute with a penalty at Amy Park. Give us a call, 9429-1116. We'd love to hear from you. This is the Four Diego's final whistle on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football.
There's Francis Leach uh, with the SEN call team uh, with Grant Brebner and Jonathan Howcroft calling the Melbourne City versus Brisbane Raw two-all draw tonight. Uh, it was a big game. Melbourne City, if you've just joined us, were 2-0 down at halftime after McLaren scored uh, two goals for the Brisbane Raw in the first half and then Bruce Kamau scored in the 58th minute and Colazzo scoring a penalty, as you heard from uh, Francis there, in the 61st minute. At Amy Park tonight in front of 7,914 people. We've just finished counting the uh, people there and now that is an official how much sorry 7914 Rodrigo Rodriguez with you tonight Vinny Venezuela's in the house so is Warren Diego and Carlos Alberto Diego this is the second hour of the final whistle with thanks to Tax Talk Best on Plumbing and the Northern Football Academy at St Monica's College in Epping we'll have Carlos's young gun a little bit later on this segment 94291116 Vinny Venezuela the hot line tonight it's the Comeback Kids hotline, Rodrigo. All right, because they did come back. 94291116. Give us a call. Uh, with thanks to Football Federation Victoria, we will give an- away another season pass to all matches in Victoria. That's all NPL matches in the final series, and uh, and including final series, rather, and the preliminary rounds of the FFA Cup. Just uh, tell us what you'd like to tell us with passion and with some good thought, and uh, we'll make a decision on the Positiveness spot. too. But if it's negativity it, it, with... Um, we're not taking negativity in the second n- from no, anyone. No, but if it's well, yes. you know, well-rounded critique, we, we will... Of course. That's well-rounded course. critique. That's not negative. Well, yeah. it can be. It could be. You can be a cheerleader <laughs> if you want, Warren. This is, a, this is a, a, a show with substance that we want to debate the issues, discuss the issues, and if people want to be negative out there, why not? Zero, negative. Or send us a text message on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. We um, Carlos put out a, an all points bulletin to the Mayer family um, yes. before on their way. He was prepared to pick them up, bring think, them to Melbourne to watch an yep. NPL game in the box at Port Melbourne. Yep, if they wanted. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just really speculating about where they're three hundred fifty kilometres away from Melbourne. I'm still trying to work out how, where that might be. Well, they've just sent us a text, Carlos. Uh, thanks for reading the message out. The yep. kids were stoked. Yep. So they're still listening. So Mayor family, that, that is open yep. until someone comes up with a really good call. I think it's Gundagai. Gundagai? Gundagai. I think they're oh, the dog and the tucker box. Yeah, I think that's about That's where they live? Yeah. No, that's a bit Isn't that in New South Wales? That's past the submarine in Holbrook. <laughs> is it? Okay. Yeah, it's a long, long way. Yeah. I reckon they're Mansfield. Mansfield? Mansfield, yeah. By the way, Mayor family, we're also working hard. We're pushing to get Carlo, Carlos to throw in a petrol card as well. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and oh, we'll find a way for Dom and the team 
to do your taxes so you can claim that travel yep. as all part of part of everything. <laughs> 9429 Give us a call. Tell us what you thought about the game tonight. Uh, in the first hour, we talked about the young guns and uh, how Melbourne City um, would almost uh, view that as a win tonight, Warren. You're, you're the Melbourne City fan in here. You no, were no, it really wasn't happy. a win. It was a draw. No, given, of course it was a draw <laughs> from a points perspective, but given that many of their gun players and some of their, and many of their senior players are out uh, with some of the young guns in there tonight, uh, it was a great effort. Uh, 9429 11, 16. Let's go to Tom, who's been good enough to be on hold for a little while from Greenvale. G'day, Tom, and welcome to the final whistle. Good evening, Diego. How are we? Yeah, very well tonight, Tom. How are you going? Yeah, really well. I'm, um, I just want to bring on the positive points that the City Group have done. We're, um, we won the Youth League last week. We've got the girls playing in the W uh, League mm-hmm. final tomorrow, and that's the second time up. Yep. And anyone that was at the game tonight saw seven boys who, uh, who put on a fine show to come back from 2-0 down. And I think we've unearthed another, another super player for the Melbourne City Group, um, young Cal Crowley, I think his name is. Yep, who came on well, in the and, second half. Uh, I think he's impressed, and I think we've uh, we've had Tonic about two months ago, and now we've added another one to the playing list, which will uh, take place and uh, bring us up in the future. So, Warren, we're not uh, we're not where we need to be this year. But look, next year, all three levels will show everyone what what it's about. Yeah, no, look, I think you're right. I mean, I think the City Group is a total package around the whole club. And the success in other areas is absolutely true. And as I said to Carlos in the first um, hour, it's about also developing players for the future, and that is Melbourne City and beyond. So I think you're right. And you know what? There's every chance of success for the rest of the season. The one thing we know, their best is good enough. Now, as much as City are going to win the Premier's plate, we know in a final system that anything can make. And I reckon you can throw... You know, it's a line ball between Brisbane, Melbourne victory and Melbourne City when they're at their best, everything being equal. The second place is still up for grabs and that's pretty important. But the the season's not over by any way, shape or form. And Melbourne City have won a trophy this season as well. So for me, I think you're 100% right. Thanks for your call there, Tom. Really appreciate that. Let's go to Dan on the road on 9429-1116. G'day, Dan, and welcome to the final whistle. Hey, guys. How you going there? How yeah, are very you? well. Good, thanks. Hey, I'm just, if, uh, if I have to pull over, uh-huh. it'll probably be a bit of a delay, but I think it'll be fine. All right. Okay. Just be careful, mate. Um, yeah, I will, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, oh, just quickly, I, actually, um, I come from another angle. I actually worked, I actually worked there tonight. Um, I was in the function centre. Uh-huh. And I was uh, serving the boys. Yep. When I say serving the boys, I they were in the next the next table, pretty much. So, so the boys who weren't playing. Yeah, they weren't playing. So I think I got a bit starstruck when I saw Cahill. But um, yep. Uh, you know what? I think it is. They're a pretty united bunch. Oh, I couldn't believe they're all together in the um on the one table. Yeah, were, were they? Hang on, Nate. Let's get some specifics. Were they whiskey and cokes? That's right. <laughs> what were they drinking and eating? Were they no, eat, no, eating no. the Kentucky Fried Chicken and the whiskey and cokes? What were they doing? No, I think Fernando had um, a bit of um, you know the Spanish uh, Spanish stuff, and then um, the tapas, Indian stuff. 
Yeah. Yep. Um, and then um, I think Bruno had the grappa. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I had to I had to funnel that out. If <laughs> yep. We can't have that. Yep. Um, and um, and Timmy, yeah, Timmy had. I don't know it was just it was pretty cold, but yep. you know at the same time. He was there, and I think everybody was a bit starstruck. I was. Yeah. Um, and the good thing, he was there. Um, everybody was, you know, you know, having a look and enjoying his presence. Yep. Um, but it was great because they were all together, pretty united on the table, y- yapping away. Were they doing little... shots? <laughs> no, nah, not shots. Uh, not shots. But um, Their teammates was... weren't in the first half, though. <laughs> and, uh, yes, no, they were good. A good... Good bunch of good bunch of fellas, and um, I think the the city group they're a pretty united bunch, and um, I think if anything, I think they're uh, I think they see some uh, promise. I think there's a bit of uh, there's a bit of uh, how would you say there's something going to happen at the end of the the, the the year. I think I think they're really looking forward to the end of the year. Yeah, so, Dan, yeah. Dan, I think uh, I think you're right, mate. I think one thing that they've done well this season. Uh, probably over the last two seasons, but they've really done particularly well since they got Tim Cale. They are a team that aren't universally loved by everyone because of the money, you know, the, the, the image about money having so much, you know, they're all millionaires and all that sort of stuff. They've got all the resources in the world. I think people who don't follow City probably don't necessarily like them, but it has galvanised They've that created team. an identity for they, themselves, uh, haven't they? Yeah, and I know Tim's, Tim Cale's been really important to them galvanising as a team and, and standing behind each other and, and showing respect for each other where possible. Uh, you can just see even the young kids, when they have a, a lot of the uh, news footage at training, a lot of the young kids are, are joking with Timmy or joking with Bruno. And I've done a little bit of uh, work town there. Hall. Town Hall. Yeah, there yeah Town at, Hall. At the, at the uh, <laughs> Latrobe uh, facility there. Town Hall. And I've got to say, Bruno Fornaroli does hang out with the kids a lot and the kids, the, the younger players love him. Uh, but it's not one of these guys where he's a star and he doesn't interact. He's in amongst the kiddies all the time. And uh, they're always, uh, you know, can you imagine being a player, a young boy, going to training every day and just hanging out with Bruno Fornaroli, Tim Cale, what that would do for your development too? Because they're good, they're good characters, those guys too. And I think that that would really, rub, and really great professionals too, so it would really rub off on the younger guys. Thanks for your call, Dan. Um, if you're still there, I'll ask who picked up the tab tonight. But uh, <laughs> I think the City Group probably did tonight. But hey, thanks for your call. Let's go to Darcy in Coburg North. G'day, Darcy, and welcome to the final whistle. G'day, guys. Um, I was at the game. I've been a few games this year, but um, young uh, Ruan Tonyik, uh, the centre back for Melbourne City, he's got a. He's. Uh, I think he's in the uh, the Joseph Gompers, uh latest Oli Roos squad mm. for the camp coming up. But um, just the composure, he just. Plays beyond his years. I mean, he's still got plenty, to, plenty to learn and plenty to, plenty to develop on. But you know, like, you know, he's potential in the in the future, like as a soccer centre back. And you know, you've got young Thomas Deng, the victory product, who's out at PSV playing um, in Holland. I mean, what a story that'd be for the Socceroos one day to have two refugee kids playing centre back at a future World Cup one day. Yeah, I, lo- I love Tonyik, mate. I went even after. Playing three or four games in a row when Vin Skip was here. He's yours uh, officially, isn't he, Carlos? Uh, I was I was calling him a ten-year Socceroo back then, uh, but look, you know, who knows what's going to happen? But really, his temperament's fantastic. And his composure's fantastic. He's a great athlete, and 
he was under a lot of pressure tonight because he didn't have the experience around him of a Jacobson or a Malik. I know Kilkenny went back and helped now and again, but he just didn't miss a beat tonight. There was one time when early in the game where I thought McLaren went to press him and he looked in a bit of trouble, but he just turned inside and just avoided another guy and just passed a 10-yard ball into Caceres and they were off again. Just a player with that composure and that temperament, I love him. I, thought, I think he's fantastic. You're not, you're not usually positive about City players, Carlos, <laughs> so it, that, that's a revelation to all of us in, in the studio. Are you, hey, are you ill? <laughs> hey, Darcy, are you still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Hey, mate, with thanks to Football Federation Victoria's community in business, we're giving you, uh, because it doesn't look like the Mayer family. The Mayer family doesn't no. want it. No, no. no. They're so going to be gutted. They've gonna... turned around. They're on their way to Melbourne. <laughs> we're going to give you the, the season pass to all the matches in Victoria. That's all NPL matches, including oh, the final series, in, and also the preliminary rounds of the FFA Cup and more. So, mate, stay on the line, and uh, with thanks to Football Federation Victoria's community in business, we'll take down your details and get that out to you. So, well done. Not Good on you, Darcy. Thanks, thanks guys. Good Good call because uh, we're all unanimous here. That, it's always uh, a good love, call when he agrees him. with Carlos. Well, Tonyuk is a, is is a gun, and, and in traffic, he's calm. Oh. He was fantastic. So, hey, um, it's twenty minutes past eleven. Carlos's Young Gun. With thanks to the Northern Football Academy at St. Monica's College in Epping. It started this year. Schools open and uh, the Young Academy. In, They're kicking um, goals as they, we they speak, are. Rodrigo. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> um, if you'd like to inquire about the Football Academy there at St. Monica's College, that's the Northern Football Academy, give them a call on 94098800. Carlos, who was your Young Gun? Yes, yeah, so I might have to call on Vinnie Venezuela who can do an accent, every accent in the world. Uh, for me, it's Dennis uh, uh, John Roo. The uh-huh. young boy, uh, Vinny, in, in French. Jean-Roux. Jean-Roux. Denis Jean-Roux. Denis Jean-Roux. Anyway, I thought he was Is fantastic. He no, it just seems like a French name, doesn't uh, it? Yeah, probably it does probably not French at all. But uh, Dennis Sounds Jean-Roux. Scottish to me, Carlos. <laughs> Could be Austrian. Uh, playing as a, a, almost a, a little bit of a holding midfielder, or either six or a number eight tonight, uh, getting back, tackling. Uh, his work rate was fantastic. Uh, a bit fiery at times, probably said a bit too much to the referee. That's why he got a yellow card. But I'll, I'll excuse him for that because it's probably not his fault. Uh, but uh, certainly did a great job for the team tonight and for 90 minutes too. I thought he was fantastic. Good on you there. Uh, Jean Roux is the... Jean uh, That's the Jean You've got to roll the R's there, Carlos. <laughs> hey, um, that was thanks to the Northern Football Academy at St. Monica's College in Epping. Let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's on a night where Melbourne City and Brisbane Raw played out a two-all draw at Amy Park on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Well, you know, for 24 years we've been jive-talking. Um, <laughs> well, been... certainly for one hour and 24 minutes <laughs> we've been I was just about to say that, Carlos. We've been doing it... Uh, Positively most... for the second oh, hour. Warren, you You've been um, absolute, absolutely glowing yep. um, in your praise for Melbourne City's performance tonight. It was two all um, against Brisbane Raw in front of 7,914 people. So at Amy Park tonight, uh, 94291116. Love to take your calls tonight. Uh, that's 94291116. The Comeback Kids Hotline, Vinnie Venezuela. Or uh, what was yours, Warren? Two wrongs don't make a right. <laughs> but that would be right. negative, Warren. That would be negative. Yeah. Hey, I just want to promote uh, the Essendon Royals Charity Day because um, we, we talked about this last week as well. On Sunday the 19th of February at Ormond Park in Mooney Ponds from 10.30am, it's a charity um, day 
for the Australian Mitochondrial Disease Foundation, which uh, we mentioned this last mm. week and last year, is a disease that suffered by Serge Turkovich's grandson, who's actually doing quite well at the moment, considering he wasn't supposed to live to his first birthday um, last year. I so think Serge was a, a committee man. At yeah, the that's club right. Band. So Serge yeah. is a is a is a clubman, obviously, yep. and uh, the Essendon Royals have uh, put on this wonderful charity day last mm. year. They're doing it again, um, and. They're basically asking for people to come in, donate some money, food, drinks or prizes for the raffle. They've got an auction as well. Uh, it'd be really greatly appreciated. Um, there'll be plenty of prizes. Uh, there'll be a raffle and to auction off as well. Um, and some of the legends of the club will be there because there's a Legends game starting at 10.30, which is always a bit of fun. Um, you can go to um, giveeverydayhero.com and check out uh, Luca's second birthday celebrations and make a donation there, or check out Essendon Royals Past, Present and Players Unite on Facebook. So that's a pretty good cause with the Essendon Royals charity. We hope it's a fantastic day at Ormond Park in Mooney Pond. Fun fact, Rodrigo, one of the Venezuelas was a founding member of the uh, oh, Essendon go. Royals. Yes. And, James uh, on the board. Uh, and I think uh, I actually played against one of the Venezuelas for many, many years. <laughs> right. He was a buffeting centre forward. He yeah. used to just always bully me. Yeah, know? that's our way. Yeah, that's, that's our true. way. There you go. Just I hear just on the text message here from uh, Tom on the road. Everyone was th- everyone was thinking Melbourne City FC was going to get slapped like Adelaide United did last night, but the boys played compact in the second half and did the team squad proud. Well done, and congrats to John Aloisi and Raw to the fair play tonight and in China during the week. That's Tom on the road. Great uh, balanced uh, SMS there. Uh, you know, uh, I mean. Uh, there's been a couple of SMSs that come through tonight. Could be more balanced. No, no, no. To be fair, Carlos, yeah. don't don't use a collective noun like all of us balanced. It was more a criticism of your lack of balance. No, no. I'm talking about Tom. It was just a great view of the game, very sensible view, and uh, and they were terrific tonight. And I think. Those boys can go to bed, and they would be going to bed now. They wouldn't be going no, out. No, they'd be in the ice bath right now, yeah, Carlos. You know, they'd be, they wouldn't be coming out with us. They'd be after. staying at the Melbourne City dormitory tonight. <laughs> they'd have their fake IDs. They're going clubbing tonight, no, there's Carlos. No clubbing. They're kings of the castle. These kids are super this professional. This is their moment in time. Yeah. One of them's 16 years old, Carlos. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Vinny, didn't you tweet that the, the number uh, yeah. year nine? Azan. Uh, <laughs> no, he looks like a year nine. He's probably, Azan, he's probably yeah. at least year 11. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. he is. Yeah. Well, he had pimple cream on him. He went on the field. So I mean, It's really interesting. You know, kids like Azani, kids like uh, Piraeus. No fear, uh, Carlos. Um, John Rue. If there were more teams in the A-League, these guys would be getting more regular game time. I mean, wouldn't that but be better we, for their development? Would we be... Would we be reducing the standard of the competition? Uh, no, I don't think so. Why? Why would we? Why would we re- be reducing? I mean, the, you'd still probably recruit. Uh, if there was a Geelong club or a South Melbourne club or a Tasmanian club, they'd still recruit their eight. But you're the you're the town hall man yep. of the Diego's, out in the MPL, and yep. you've got your finger on the MPL pulse. Yep. Let's look at Victoria as just an isolated state, bearing in mind that every state has got an equivalent competition. Yep. Would there be two players in every team in the MPL? Not from what I saw last year. So, one, would there be ten in total? Look, to tell you the truth, you know, it's unfair to judge them in that competition playing. So they could rise to the occasion? You'd have to be of the right age playing regular football. What the A-League clubs tend to do is if you're 18 or 19 and playing regular football in a senior team at MPL, they'll give you a a trial. trial Because they'll think, okay, if you're playing senior football at that age, you're worth a look at. But we're not going to get... Are we going to get many 25 to 27-year-old guys who have trialled, trialled, missed out, gone back... 
done okay and then yeah. get an opportunity and play. Yeah, I don't know. The I, AFL, it's you hard, know, the, it's, for me, it's hard to judge. You get people who are who love their NPL more than their A League, and they'll say to me, "There's a million players down at that level." But I don't agree. I saw I watched the game a week, a weekend uh, through the whole season last year, and I thought the best team I saw in the NPL. This seems, sounds really weird. The team that got relegated was Melbourne Victory. I thought they were the best team that I saw <laughs> play football in the NPL, and I saw them three times. So um, it, it seems weird me saying that, but. If you look at the skill of individual players, that victory team had it. Uh, but, you know, look, I don't want to be unfair to NPL players. There probably are some really talented players, but you'll probably have to see them in an uh, A-League environment where they're training every day, twice a day sometimes, doing the whole preseason and see how they cope. Because that's the biggest thing. The biggest thing is not necessarily your skill level or your athleticism. It's whether you can deal with the training you know, the, the intensity of training and training with the likes of Fauna Riley and Kale who go 100% whenever they're training. I mean, there's no easy training sessions at A-League. You're there, it's very competitive the whole time. Yeah, that's bordering on a bit negative, Carlos, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, give us a call, 9429 um, After the game, of course, Fox Sports uh, interviewed the coaches and some players, but let's have a listen to uh, what uh, Mike Valkanis had to say to Fox Sports. Michael Valcanis probably wondering what on earth is going on. Sorry, Michael, to keep you uh, waiting at Amy Park. Uh, appreciate your time. Uh, what did you make of that? Um, great performance from some of your, your young kids. I thought uh, the young boys were excellent, and even the, the boys with uh, experience like Tommy Sorensen did a great job uh, to make sure in the end we got a result. And uh, I would have liked the three points, but the boys were fantastic. And I think, because uh, there have been a lot of comments being made about our culture, but... I think we show what our culture is all about here at Melbourne City today. Now, the big question, Mike, will be next week when all the other players are available. Are you going to keep the same side? <laughs> uh, look, it's, it's a good thing to have, Boz. It's a good thing to have. And the young boys have come in and uh, they're full of energy and uh, they've given everything. And look, it's, uh, it's a competitive environment as it is, week in, week out. And uh, we'll go back to training, look to improve on certain things that we need to do. And it's another big week next week. Down 2 at half-time, Michael, your half-time talk would have been quite an important one. How did you negate Brisbane's counter-attacking first-half performance and get yourself back into the game? Look, it's, it's something that we have been working on uh, to face the counter-attacking teams, and I think we've got better at it over the weeks. Uh, at half-time, we had to be very positive, very positive, because... Uh, Look, I don't think that we were outperformed or that uh, Brisbane really deserved to have a 2-0 lead. So we had to be positive with the boys and, and keep that, that vibe they had from the beginning of the game. Uh, were, uh, so we told them to maintain their, their cool and just focus on, on the game plan. And that's what they did. And I thought they were fantastic to work back into it. And unlucky a little bit not to get a, to get a third as well. But uh, also Tommy Sorensen stood tall for us on a couple of occasions and uh, showed his experience and in the end you know with uh, backs against the wall today and with a very young team I thought uh, we did well. What went through your mind when Alan Milliner gave the penalty for them and conversely in the second half when you got one? <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> look, 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 you don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think either of those two were penalties. Yeah. I think maybe Anthony Caceres is more a penalty in the first half yep. where yeah. he got charged in the box. Yeah. But either ours or theirs, I don't think was. And, and I'm not too sure about the, the second goal, Brisbane's second goal, if that was offside or not. And it's, uh, you know, we've had goals disallowed like that. We've had goals that have been allowed like yeah. that against us. And it's, it's a little bit frustrating. It's mm. a little bit frustrating. But 
In the end, the positive out of all this is our performance, the young boys, how well they did. To look at Dylan Piraeus, 16-year-old, come yeah. out and play like he did. Uh, Denny Jean-Rowe, who's got such a good future as well. And a lot of other boys that had to stand up who haven't been getting a lot of uh, match time uh, did very well today. Well done, Michael. Yep. Congrats on the point tonight. And uh, we'll see what happens with your team sheet next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Michael. There's Michael Valkanis, the uh, coach of Melbourne City, with thanks to Fox Sports. Yeah, look, I, that was well done by Mike Valkanis. I thought that... Um his de- uh, dealing with the refereeing issue was really spot on. Talking about both penalties not being penalties, probably the one that was uh, not given at all, that was probably the most definite penalty with the Caceres being pushed in the back by Corey Brown. Uh, and then talking about the frustration, I thought that was really measured and that was respectful and it still puts it on the agenda. So uh, I don't know. I really don't know what you can do when, and I think Warren touched on this, they're, the half the refereeing panel are full time. I know the people who look after the referees are actually really experienced former referees, and they do a lots of reviews, just yeah, like players. And they would be emulating what they because they've got close relationships with UEFA referees, with AFC referees. They travel the world. These guys, are the refereeing coaches, and these guys are really damn good at their job. So I don't know what happens to our referees. More often than not, unfortunately, there's rare, it's rare these days when we go through a game where there's not some really controversial decision. Um, but tonight, it was a really bad... That, that first penalty was a really bad decision, and the referee was in the perfect spot to see it. If he, was, if he was blindsided or he was obstructed in some way, you, you're able to cop it. But he was. there was just... There was no obstruction. He was just there in the right position, and he just gave a really bad decision. It happens everywhere, Carl. So I've just, uh, while you were talking, watching uh, Real Betis versus Valencia in the uh, La Liga, of course, yeah. listening to you at the same time. Yeah, of course. I wasn't. I was just watching just, the soccer. Did you see the clear handball yes, that was yeah, not yeah, given yeah. In, yep. in the penalty box? Yeah. So referees are making bad decisions all over the yeah, world, Carlos. Yeah, we, we do have a... We, unfortunately, I, you know, I stick up you, for Could Australian you do football. better, Carlos? No, I couldn't. Because I'm blind. <laughs> no, I couldn't do better. But I'm not training to be a referee. Uh, if these guys are training to be referees, and they're, they've got to know that they're going to be under pressure, they've got to know that they've got to actually make sensible decisions under pressure. And I don't know whether we're passing that at the moment uh, regularly enough. I don't know if the, if the game, the players are putting undue pressure on referees that make them a bit nervous. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not in the heat of battle on the ground to be able to know what's going through referees' heads. But I know that they're trained well. I know that they're, they're, they're instructed well. They go through the full-time referees, go through programs that are just as exacting as what they do overseas. So I don't know. At the end of the day, you've still got to call it as you see it, right? And, and, and ultimately, that's, mm. that's what all referees are trained to do. With Obviously, mm. they're, they're trained the, the, the technical side of it, but you've got to call it as you see it. And um, unfortunately... He certainly was certain <laughs> how instinctively he blew the whistle in his head... He was certain that was a penalty. Yeah. Hey, let's go to Shane in Springvale. Actually, he wants to talk about the ref. G'day, Shane. Welcome. Oh, Shane's just gone, unfortunately. I thought so, Shane might have been a ref. Well, maybe he was going to talk about the ref uh, that, as, as we were. Can you import referees? Can we get one from, like, Italy? Or... Don't well, we have an exchange yeah, with, no, with, um, with Japan? Asia, with Asia, Asia? yeah. We've, uh, and I think we've had one or two. Yeah, two I don't know how games. successful it was. Yeah. Well, look, if, you don't, if I don't remember... Anything, it would have been successful. Like, I mean, these referees, if you, if you don't remember their performance, it means that they were pretty good. Like, I know Kalina's retired, 
Yeah. The, the tagging referee, the, yep. the, the one who looked like Peter Garrett. But, you know, he could probably come But, Vinny, we had... Graham Mark, Pohl we, could no, come out, we had We Don't had Mark Clattenburg here at uh, about 12 months ago, and he spent a whole week... Did you meet him, Carlos? Yes, I met him. Oh, I actually yeah. filmed him. I interviewed him, yep. Town Hall. It was Town Hall, a, me and a, him. A referee's town and hall. And he was here for a week with the, with the referees. Um, it was a really fantastic time that they... And he was so willing to give all his knowledge and they I was at actually at one of their training sessions where he was instructing them about positioning and stuff like that. It was really riveting stuff watching him work with these guys and uh, and our referees were there and uh, and he certainly had a lot of confidence in our referees. Something's happening in crucial moments on the field that I don't understand uh, that that makes uh, an Alan Milliner for example give a decision like he did that with that first Because he'll penalty. be disappointed, won't he? In his well, himself, if, he'll if, be disappointed. Well, I, I'm pretty sure that the refereeing uh, supervisors, the instructors, sit down with them and they're quite honest with things. I'll go through the video. There's no hiding. No. There's no hiding. A bit like your reviews of our performance on this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no uh, hiding. I'm, I'm looking forward to tonight's one, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You already gave us one. So but hey, no, it's all very interesting stuff. Give us a call, 94291116. And just another um, community service announcement. Uh, on Monday, the 13th of February, that's this coming Monday at 7.30, the Juventus Academy in Melbourne and the Brimbank Stallions Football uh, footballers, FC, of course, um, are having a welcome evening at Club Italia Sporting Club on Furlong Road in North Sunshine. Um, and there's a fantastic, it's an information session, so supper and drinks are provided. Um, Carlo Mastellone, who's one of the four um, Juventus Academy regional directors, He's from head office. Mm. He's going to be there with all of their Juventus Academy coaches as well. So if you're interested in getting fantastic tuition um, in terms of, you know, for your children, um, get there. On mm. um, It's at the Club Italia Sporting Club on Furlong Road in North Sunshine. It is the Juventus Academy, Melbourne and Brimback Stallions FC. Welcome evening at 7.30. Get there because that uh, could be really worthwhile. And Anthony Chapman and his team are mm. fantastic hosts. So uh, they'll feed you well. They'll give you a, a great education there, so rock up. Mm, definitely. 94291116, give us a call. Uh, we'll go to a break on a night where Melbourne City and Brisbane Raw played out a two-all draw at Amy Park in front of 7,914 people. This is the Four Diego's final whistle on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Welcome back. Is this Rick um, Ashley? No. Oh. This is Kylie. It's Kylie. I don't know, Warren. You would know. Oh, it's Donna Summer. Of course it is. Listen, it's Donna Summer. She sounds a bit like Kylie, but that's almost not that's a good chorus. thing for Donna. Anyway. It is the Four Diego's final Donna whistle Summer. on a disco Saturday night, as always. Uh, going back to our roots, which is um, a Saturday night here on SEN 1116, back in the... When it's the end first started, so we've been around for a long time, 24 years in fact. Hey, <laughs> off the text message here, bring on a video referee, I say, to stop those poor decisions. Most other elite sports have them. Why not football? Sam in Essendon. It's interesting. Thanks for your uh, text there, Sam. Maybe give us a call on 9429 one night and uh, we'll have a chat to you because you are a regular texter. Yeah, hey, good on Let's go to Ralph in Frankston. Wants to talk about the refs. G'day, Ralph, and welcome to the final whistle. Thank you, guys. Look, uh, being an old referee myself many years ago, I copped a fair few, uh, <laughs> you know, fair bit of abuse, but um, I've uh, sort of turned the tables now where I dish it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you, you feel like you've paid your dues. You can. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm, I'm 
speak from experience. But yeah, but Ralph, you, you actually know the rules properly. If you're a prop, yeah. if you so that's why if you if you're critical of a referee, I want to hear it mm. because you're coming from a referee's point of view. Look, you know we sit at the we sit at the halfway line every week watching play, and I can guarantee you that offside was not there because the guy could not keep up with the last defender, mm. the linesman. So I don't know what he was watching, but that was to me he was at least a meter offside. Whoa. But that's that's the passion that we get in this game. You know, people, if we didn't have decisions like that, what would we talk about? I think um, the, the bringing on Fitzgerald, who hasn't really had much game time over the last few weeks, really ignited us on that left side for a change. And I don't know how they're going to fit him and Braden in the, uh, Brandan in the side, but I think they both should be in the starting lineup. Um, and I think... Um, it's uh, uh, Braden needed the break tonight because I think probably since the first six rounds he really hasn't played as good as I thought he could play. I think he's and, been uh, injured, Ralph. Yes, yes carrying I an injury. So. And I think also um, I've always thought this because you know playing soccer as well and being a goalkeeper, I've always thought that it's the goalkeeper's job to organise the defence, and I think Simonson did a great job of that tonight, barring a, a couple of little slip-ups, but that's where I think Bazanis needs to improve. His passing's good and his shot-stopping is okay, but I think he could learn a lot from actually leading the defence. That's what I think a goalkeeper's job is. Hey, Rob, can... Uh, oh. Yes? Sorry, I was going to ask you... Now keep going, and I'll ask you a question when you finish. Yeah, um, uh, the, the last thing I want to say, they had a uh, post-match function tonight for members, and I think you know uh, more members than I've ever seen turned up to it and a lot missed out and um, unfortunately most of the players couldn't stay toward till the end of it so we only got a few autographs but the ones that did were very friendly so thank you for putting that on but I think it could be better organised. Ralph I was going to ask you as a referee do you feel that uh, referees cop more these days than they did in the past? No I don't th- I think it's about the same really like footy umpiring has been the same AFL and I think the soccer referees, you know, the rules really haven't changed in the last 50 years. And I think, um, you know, they're going to cop the same and they're going to make the same mistakes over and over again. And you know the referees that's going to give a card, so you should actually play play to, to you know, you see the referee. Like Chris Spieth, I, I can't remember a game where he hasn't dished out six yellow cards. So, you know, you've got to know the, the referee and play to that game. And even you were talking about uh, the bald referee. Kalina. People knew what he was like as a, rock, a referee as well. And, you know, he had his good games and he had his bad games. But you, you just got to take it. I mean, it's very frustrating. Don't get me wrong. Ralph, um, we, did, correct me if I'm wrong, but it just seems like this season you get the real clangers. You know, the offsides, are, you know, because it's, it's, they happen so quick. Uh, I can understand if they're really tight off sides, why a mistake could be made. Because even us watching on TV or in the stadium, you need to look at the replay three or four times. The referee's only got one go. But the, the first penalty tonight uh, uh, with, I think it was uh, Josh Rose on Borello and, uh, and Alan Milliner gave the penalty and he was maybe a metre away. He was in perfect position, gave a penalty and there was literally, it was non-existent. We've been for me. I felt we've had more of those this year than ever before, and we've got full-time referees now. Am I just overreacting, or is 
is that what you're finding too as a former referee? Well, I think uh, you might be overreacting a little bit because... That's unlike Carlos. <laughs> we, we must have short memories because I reckon probably the last two seasons we have had some shocking decisions against us. The, uh, I mean, the, the red card last year when he was coming in on an angle, uh, it's too many to remember, so you just got to move on, really, yeah. because every team gets shocking decisions against them. And you just got to, especially because, um, until they're all professional referees, and, you know, that's probably going to take two or three years to get them all like, full time. The, the, the standards going up and up of the A League, but our expectations of it are going up and up as well. So that's where I think the, the league, you know, rather than putting a couple of extra new teams in, should really maybe spend another one to two seasons making sure we've got the best rest, making sure we've got the best depth, and then look at expanding. Just, I, I still, after 10 years although, I still don't think we're quite there yet to expand. Hey, um, Ralph. Great call, mate. If I had a prize, I'd give it to you. If that's, that's, I know that's cold comfort. Um, so, but uh, you can go to bed tonight so, thinking that uh, that was a great call. Thanks for that. Really appreciate it. As always, here on the Diego's, there's Ralph from Frankston, uh, an ex-ref, you know, telling us uh, what it's like as a supporter these days. Hey, I really wanted to play John Aloisi's post-game interview because he's always, um, you know, interesting to, to listen to. So let's have a listen to John Aloisi with thanks to Fox Sports. John, um, so how do you walk away from that one? Oh, we're obviously disappointed in the result because, um, you know, we felt that when we went 2-0 up uh, in the second half, we had those uh, few one-on-ones that we could have actually punished Melbourne City. And then, uh, you know, the game ended up evening itself out with, you know, a couple of penalties that were probably a bit dubious. But, uh, you know, all in all, we're disappointed not to have three points. Um, but, you know, proud of the boys, the ones that, uh, that ended up, you know, playing during the week, travelling. And then uh, playing tonight, you know, they gave everything. And, uh, you know, it was a difficult game for us because we didn't know how they were going to set up. We didn't know what players they were going to play with. It was hard to actually analyse them because a lot of the players were different players. But, uh, you know, we we put in a a performance that, uh, you know, probably could have got the three points. And, John, congratulations not only for for today but for this week as well, doing Australian football proud uh, over in China. It was a tough two weeks in terms of the travel uh, and the the amount of workload you had on your players. And you spoke about how proud you were. Were you impressed how they finished so strongly towards the end? Yeah, I was impressed. You know, uh, we we still tried. We we probably lacked that zip, um, you know, during the game. But but we still tried, you know, to go for the three points. Probably is not as much uh, in terms of the the way we did against Sydney FC last week. But that's probably because we were fresher. Um, But you know, it it was difficult. We we arrived yesterday afternoon. You know, uh, and you know, we had to play tonight. You know, uh, credit to the boys because you know it's it's not easy. Um, We asked maybe to get the, the game pushed back a bit but um, you know the, the FFA said no and uh, we have to deal with it and move on and, and keep going. You make decisions during the week to, to rest or allow Holman and Theo to stay at home John uh, and then you've changed it up again tonight. Can you let us know and the people at home just how hard it is for managers like yourself who have to work in both competitions in both the ACL and the A-League and what are your decisions based on when you are trying to put a team together? Based on the, you know, loadings, uh, based on Brett's coming back from injury, uh, Michael Theo's at a certain age now that, you know, also the, the travel won't do him so well. Um, and also, you know, the opposition that we're coming up against, where we feel that we can hurt the opposition, where we feel that we can win a football game. 
And, you know, if we, if we got the three points tonight, it would, would have all worked out well. But, um, you know, Brett, in, in his 60 minutes, he showed glimpses of, you know, what he's going to be like for us uh, in the run into the end of the season because, you know, we've got a big, uh, I think we've got 14 games left this season. And, uh, and so it, it's a big couple of months for us. Is that including a grand final, John? I haven't even included finals in that, okay. or, get, or hopefully, or hopefully getting past the next stage of the Champions League. So this is 14 games that we have got penciled in at the moment. At the moment, um, well done on this week, and yeah, reiterate, uh, we were here in the studio. We didn't actually speak to you on uh, midweek. Well done yeah. through the week in Shanghai. Bet you they couldn't quite believe what had happened over there, but uh, you could. Congrats on that, and uh, best of luck in the next couple of weeks. Thanks, guys. Thanks Thank for you, supporting us in the Champions League as well. Pleasure. Cheers. You deserved it. There's John Eloisi, uh, the coach of uh, Brisbane Raw, with uh, thanks to Fox Sports and former Melbourne Heart player and uh, Melbourne Heart coach. Yeah, he actually, he's done a wonderful job with that team. If you think about it, uh, he had all those problems in pre-season, the players not being paid. Uh, even up until five weeks ago, there were talk of a bit of... Uh, a few problems in the change room with players not being renewed with their contracts and people didn't know where they were going to be there. But suddenly they signed Luke Devere and from that moment it seemed like everything's cool, everything's fine. If Luke's signing, so calm the change room down. And the way they've managed, he's managed the Sydney game. Uh, sorry, he had the Philipp- a global a global team That's for right. Philippines in the in the playoff for the Champions League. Then uh, the Sydney game. Then the China game uh, with Shanghai Shenhua during the week. And then Melbourne City. Um, I suppose they were lucky they didn't have to play a full-strength Melbourne City team that was hungry to win. That would have maybe probably changed the result a little bit tonight, I thought. But, uh, but I think he's managed it really well. But I think the other thing, too, he's managed the McLaren situation well. Now, mm. there's his contract negotiations, that he dropped him. I think he scored seven goals in the last eight games or so, Jamie McLaren. But there was a period, and he's still unsigned, but he seems to be getting the best out of him. He he scored two tonight. I don't know one from the penalty spot, but a good finish for the second. Probably could have, could have had a couple of others. So he's, you know what? Sometimes you have to fail at something to get good at something. And I wonder if he'd have his time over again. If he'd, if he'd come into the Melbourne City job the way he's come into the Brisbane job, whether he would do it far better this time around because he seems, having his brother there, I think, Mm. seems to have made Mm. a difference as well. So there's lots of components. They're right in it. They they took it up to Sydney last week, could have won. They're right, right in it. Definitely are, and they're... Right, right in the Asian Champions League too. So uh, mm. good stuff by Brisbane Royal. Always good to listen to John Aloisi. Let's take a break now and come back with a little bit more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Thanks for joining us on the Disco Night. KC. It is the final whistle. Warren, it disturbs me how you know them straight away. <laughs> KC and the Sunshine Band. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Melbourne City and Brisbane Royal, two all tonight. Uh, McLaren That's scoring twice. Win. For Brisbane Raw, Kamau and Colazzo scoring for Melbourne City. A crowd of 7,914 at Amy Park tonight. Uh, interesting game tonight. Uh, hey, thanks for your calls, of course, and your text messages. But let's uh, let's talk about, uh, just quickly, the Newcastle versus Victory game, which was postponed from today to Monday. Um, you know, Newcastle have always... Um, bogey team. Bogey team for Melbourne Victory. What do you think? I think Victory will win. Yeah, I think Victory too. And why? Oh, just because they're a better team. Right. Well, no, Newcastle, this Newcastle team is probably the best Newcastle team for the last couple of years. I like Brown. 
Yeah, there's a few of them who are playing really well. Naboo, the, uh, um, the Chinese player. Lele, yep, yep, he's been good. And uh, and I just think there are two. Bogart Bo- in the middle of the defence, I think. He's been he'll Jack win, the, he'll win the Fox Ward for the best defender this oh, week, I reckon. Don't you hate... Sorry. Yeah, I do. I hate defenders. Whole, I agree. No, this whole <laughs> defender round. What? Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. What, do, you, do we need to just no, we don't. manufacture... No, you the know, game sells branding. itself, Carlos. Oh, really? You know, look, you know, charities, yes. <laughs> like, charities... Um, some sort of you know beyond blue round or something. I understand all that. I the love Diego's it. round, Carlos. Yeah, Should well, be the Diego's know, round. That, we'll, that's a real charity. We'll that them. is. That's a real we'll host them all. <laughs> but really, this is defender. It's surprising, Carlos. You're a, a you know a centre back. I, I, I will know. never ever be be governed by um, you know some sort of marketing spin doctor. That's, that's it for this, this week's like. show, Carlos. Sorry to cut you off, mm. but uh, we'll be back on Wednesday night. So remember, Carlos. Where Puerto Rican girls hang out? We'll, we'll be there. there. Wherever you samba, rumba, and la bamba, we'll, we'll be there. there. There are girls with fruit on their head and balls of their feet. We'll, we'll be there. Where the gringos play football. We'll, we'll be there. there. We are the Fort Diego. Oh, yeah. This 